Hey everyone, welcome to the Mint City Soccer Show podcast. My name is David Gussler and we're in a familiar place. We're back at Salud here in Noda in Charlotte, North Carolina. And I've got some special friends, some guests. And Corey, I know you're going to love me making this joke already, but I haven't seen them since last year. It's been so long. Boo. I know. Boo. I know. It's really bad. I know. Um, but we're here with Matt Swift. Hey, Matt. Hello. And uh, Corey Insko. How's it going? Hey, and producer extraordinaire today. So you may not see his voice here <laughs> too often. Today. Um, and we have a special guest here. So Thomas uh, Schalling, how are you? I'm very good. Thanks. Well, welcome. You? I'm good. I'm good. Welcome to the to the podcast. I think I, I think I did okay with the name there this time. I, For sure. Sweating bullets already over Look here. Look at you so. go. Look at you go. <laughs> I, yeah. I practiced in the mirror before I got here today, you know, <laughs> prep myself up. No, it's, it's been good. So um, well, we've got a special episode here. We're in the new year. Um, it's January 2nd, and so like I'll ask everyone here real quick, Matt, how was your holidays? Oh, it was great. So uh, yeah, I've got a seven-month-old, so it was his first Christmas. We have a puppy, his first Christmas, so it was it was nice. Nice. Well, nice. First Christmas for both. Awesome. Thomas, how was your holiday? It was good, you know, getting used to uh, the new city, the new living place, mm -hmm. but we enjoyed yeah. it. Really quiet, but yeah. really enjoyable. Awesome. Awesome. And Corey, how about yourself? It was nice. I had a good week and a half off from work, which is always good and uh, hung out with with my two little girls and had a good time the four-year-olds really like getting into the christmas thing so that's that's always makes it yes yeah. did you get any sleep some some not enough <laughs> not enough yeah i didn't get any sleep either so that's okay and my wife is 27 and she woke me up early so, <laughs> so. <laughs> um but yeah so this was we had a great christmas great holiday it was our first one as a married couple so um got to see some friends and family kind of low-key with everything going on with covid and um, got to see, you know, the mother-in-law and sister-in-law. So it was good. Yeah. But yeah, so, um, we're going to, so Thomas, I just want to make sure I get your, your title correct here. So we're actually going to interview Thomas Schalink here from Charlotte football club. So Thomas, can you tell everyone like what your role is and, um, what, what do you do with the team? Yeah. I'm the director of scouting, uh, have been since January 1st, 2020. So my role is mainly to, in, of course, with the help of my really good team, uh, to identify and recruit the right players. Uh, you know, obviously that's something when we go and recruit the players, something I do together with, with Zoran and now our head coach, uh, Miguel. Um, but yeah, that's more or less it in a nutshell. It's a really important job that I think you, you did a really good job summarizing it, but it's super <laughs> crucial for the success of this club, I think. So. so I said our last episode at the expansion draft, like, this is the big one, but I think this is the big episode. <laughs> we have literally talked about Thomas on every single episode that yes. we have done. So it's just yep. so nice to have you in person in Charlotte and on the show. So thanks for coming. Oh, thanks for uh, having me. I'm, yeah. I'm just really happy to be here too. I, I'm sure you didn't like scare him at all during like the past <laughs> year, year and a half, sending all the DMs, tagging him. It was him. just touch and go at some point, but uh, yeah. Yeah, his lawyer contacted my lawyer, yeah. Cease and desist uh, happened yeah. here and there, it's fine. So I don't know if, you, if you'll see on the video here later that uh, we actually had a six foot rule for, for Swift and Thomas here that they couldn't come within a certain distance, so. Um, but I, I do want to uh, touch on something. I want to, if you can, go back in time. How did you get started scouting? I find this super fascinating. When you were 15, yeah. around that, tell us a little bit how you how you got started. So it was interesting because in this job, there's a lot of ex-players that that take up these roles. So they, you know, once they stop, usually they take a couple of years to figure out what they want to do after their careers, as I'm sure it is like that in many sports. But what happened is that um, a lot of them go into scouting as well. Mm -hmm. So for me, growing up, I'd never really thought there was a lot of opportunities for me out there mm -hmm. until I met this this guy who was on a like a discussion forum. I'm sure you guys know there's a lot of discussion forums on yeah. sports. Mm -hmm. And I found out about this guy and he was working for a club in Holland and he had no background in, in the sport either. And he kind of explained to me how it worked and how he got into it and just told me that, you know, just start looking at a lot of games, look at a lot of games, start writing up reports. And then when you feel ready, when you feel comfortable, when you think you have an eye, when you think you've developed that, start writing clubs, you know, start approaching them and, yeah. and see see if there's any interest. And it took a while, like like you said, I started at 15, 16 approaching clubs. So it took me a while. Uh, growing up in Aruba didn't really make it easier because there's a big distance with the sure. clubs that I was approaching. But I had a real interest in uh, in Latin American soccer, especially. Right. So yeah. that was, yeah. I would say, a market that the clubs in Holland were not 
they were into it, of course, but it was mainly the biggest clubs and it, they weren't like super specific with their knowledge yet. So when I uh, eventually moved over to Holland to go and study, that's when it kind of the ball got rolling and I really got into it more and more. And I was um, invited for talks at AZ Alkmaar, which okay, is yeah. more or less like the fourth biggest club now in yeah, Holland. That's where uh, Josie Altidore Yeah, played. Josie Altidore was there as well. Wow. Um, and that's where that's how I got started, more or less. Met some people there. Uh, the sporting director, Marcel Bruns, at that time, moved to PSV a few years later, went with him, and that's how I kind of got into this. David, PS, PSV what? P PSV Eindhoven, is that yeah, right? that's right. Yes. There you go. Yes. There you go. Got it. Nice. I, I, again, practice makes perfect, there you go. right? Yeah. So. <laughs> um, so is it true, though, that you would play football manager? to kind of start your scouting and get, get reports and like, or was just playing it for fun? And is that how you kind of started developing that at all? I, I would say I played it for fun. It's yeah. what got me really interested, but it's yeah. not something that helped me with my reports. I wouldn't <laughs> use data from that game. Yeah. So I would just use my eye. And yeah. if, especially if you think about it, this was 17 years ago, more or less. Mm -hmm. So data didn't really play a big role in soccer yet. So yeah, that's yeah. become more and more important. And I use it within my team. A lot of the guys yeah. in my team are, are good with it or are very interested in data as well. Yeah. But it's not something that played a big role back And then. so when you say data, like you mean like, like analytical yeah. data and like, because um, you're seeing that a lot more in like American football, like a lot more in the NFL, a lot more coaches are using analytics and data to be able to make decisions. So you're saying that your team and yourself really use it a lot for Charlotte FC and to scout these players? Yeah, so there's a few of my scouts that, that have knowledge in that in that area. And then we have Mark Simpson, uh, as well as head of data and analytics, wow. who also supports the scouting team. So when you were gathering your, your reports when you were first starting, you started sending them to, did you target certain teams that you really wanted to go after, or you just were just sending reports out to different teams? I targeted a couple, I would say, but you know, there's a couple of teams in Holland that would never buy South American players because it's too expensive. So okay. you just leave them out. I would say I probably targeted about five or six teams in the Netherlands. And most of them would respond. But oh, okay. most of them, yeah. So some of them yeah. would be like, oh, they're really interesting. Please yeah. keep sending us players, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. Wow. And then it wasn't until I met people at Azad Algmar that the, the general the GM basically said, look, it sounds really interesting. Would you want to come by and talk to the technical people at our club? Yeah, I was, I was gonna say, did you like just write an email? Hey, uh, would you like for your team to be good? Please see attached uh, <laughs> players uh, and just let me know. And I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Um, so that's, that I, is, I, that's really awesome. Like, yeah, I mean, like yeah. I, I never would have th I thought about doing that as a kid. Like American football, I, I played Madden, which is nowhere near like football oh, manager. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, from analytics or, or, or FIFA, same, or FIFA, yes, you yeah, know, same thing, yeah. right? But yeah. that's awesome to kind of get your start and just have that's teams actually respond yeah. back. That's what I like about young people. They just, they don't really, it's not that they don't really know any better. They just take the shot and they're yeah, aggressive. They're and inhibited. Or yeah, exactly. So that's uh, fantastic. So when did, uh, who did you say the first team was? It's like, yeah, come come by and talk to us. I said Altmar. Okay, yeah. yeah. Oh, nice. That's very exciting. How And how old were you at that time? Uh, 20. Okay. Yeah. Wow. yeah. I mean, when you okay. do those things for the first time, it's yeah. very nerve-wracking. When oh, you sure. go to those interviews for the first time, it's yeah. like, you know, you're meeting all these guys. That have, it's not that they've played, but you know that they've been doing this job for such a long time, and it's very nerve-wracking. Yeah. That, that all goes away once you work with them. And how long were you there at Outmar? Um, About two and a half years, okay. I think. Yeah. And then, so they, they were um, owned by a bank mm -hmm. that kind of went bankrupt right? yeah. Yeah. So, a bank that went bankrupt yeah, yeah. So, they had like, so not a good bank not, they, they struggled um, so they they had to cut down in personnel okay. so they basically told me well because I was working part time for them I was like the 6th 7th guy on their team working part time and then their chief scout came to me and said look we would love to have you for you know in this capacity for a little longer but at the end of the day we can't offer you anything more and then I said well you know I want something more so I'm going to have to kind of move on and then the sporting director that used to work with me there, who was then at PSV, said like, hey, if you ever want to talk and come over here, let's meet and let's see if uh, if we have something for you. Yeah, then, nice. You did? Yeah, yeah. actually, yeah. <laughs> nice. nice. Yeah. And yeah, so you were with uh, PSV for uh, nine seasons, eight years, or nine years? Yeah, more or less, yeah. yeah. A couple of part-time seasons and then seven years full-time. Yeah. Um, I think I read, while you were there, I could be wrong, uh, Christian Pulisic, had a trial there when he was this when he was a lot younger. Uh, Tyler Adams, y'all were kind of maybe interested in him too. Yeah. And who was wow. the other? There was one more too, American player. 
We had a couple. We had Josh Sargent on trial. That's wow. yeah. That's, that's uh, so, so that yeah. that would be around the age of sixteen. For yeah, those guys. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy to think about. Leon Bailey, not okay. he's American, but yeah, you yeah, might know yeah. him from Bayer yeah. Leverkusen. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't hear my name thrown out there. No, I wasn't on trial fifteen <laughs> years ago. We tried to call you, but <laughs> I, I, I know the phone. <laughs> I guess you were out in a oh, bar. Man, you're, you're an agent. Drops the ball, David. I was, uh, I was partaking in this beverage here that kept me from yeah. excelling. So, <laughs> so you know. You're at PSV for for quite a while. Um, I read a, a, a quote from you. You said, uh, coming to Charlotte, we'll have to build it completely and create a whole squad from scratch. Uh, it'd be a great challenge and very exciting. Is that one of the reasons why you took this? Is like, you get to start from absolute scratch. Like, is that is that one of the reasons why you came here? And, and what's, what's that been like for you? Like starting that from, from the beginning? No, I mean, for sure, that's one of the main reasons. Um, when I was approached initially by Zoran, so so PSV is a really good team, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's a good team in Europe. You play for championships every year. So initially, when I got the call, I was a little bit, you know, how you, a little sure. bit reluctant. Say, okay, am I going to go there for an interview all the way to the U.S. for something I don't know I'm going to take yet? You know, yeah. and I was a little bit, um, you know, thinking, okay, I'm in a good club. I'm in my comfort zone. I know people. Work. I work with lovely people there. Yeah. You know, really good teammates. So I was a little reluctant, but then eventually, speaking with my wife, people around me, they said, "Just yeah. go, just go." Yeah. And when I went here, and I, you know, I had good talks with Zoran, had good talks with uh, with Tom Glick as well uh, at the time, and it just really spoke to me the whole idea of it. And then thinking more and more about the possibility, like you said, of building an entirely new team yeah. and, and being one of the people responsible for that, it was yeah. it was amazing. And you can tell by the reaction from from other people, even people working in. You know, Man City and Chelsea. When they heard about that, and they, when I would speak to them, they would be like, "Wow, that's that's awesome!" Because it doesn't come around right in yeah. Europe. Yeah, yeah, and mm-hmm. not even here that much, yeah. obviously, but right. anywhere. You know, so it's those really teams have been around since the 1800s and early 1900s. So yeah, you don't get an opportunity to start something. So did you know like Zoran or anybody from the club before they reached out to you, or was it just kind of like a shot in the dark kind of situation? I knew Zoran a little bit okay. um, from his time as an agent, but not really well. I knew actually his his partner, his business partner at the time, a Got little it. bit better. Uh, and he was the one that actually said to Zoran, like, hey, if you're going to look for a new director of scouting, you should actually talk to Thomas. So Zoran and I had spoken, but yeah. it wasn't until he really approached me that we got to know each other better and better. So. Very, very cool. So, you know, you said you joined joined us in January of 2020. Yep, that's right. So let's, let's talk about 2020 a little bit. <laughs> yeah, so. the, the amazing year that it was. <laughs> now... We had to push the, the the start date back a year. Was that a blessing in disguise, or actually has it been more challenging having to deal with like player contracts and everything like that once you got started? So initially, I was not so excited about it yeah. because we had a lot of plans, a lot of players lined up, guys that we felt we would be able to get immediately sure. that summer, and then they would only have to kind of right. wait six months to, yep. to get to us, right? So it was yep. quite, we had a good plan, I felt. Right. Then when the whole world kind of shut down and everything happened, I could see more and more that the advantages of it. And of course, the biggest advantage is the fact that we would have fans in our stadium and we would, wouldn't have had that for the large majority of time yep. in, Absolutely. in 2021. Yep. So that's, you know, that's without a doubt the most important part. Um, I would say that we got a couple of players still in 2020, which okay, was, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. you know, I yeah. think Riley and Sergio are really exciting players. I yeah. think we're lucky to have gotten them that early, to have gotten them to commit that early and that much in advance. Right. Um, but if we would have started 2021, I'm sure we would have been in a really good place too. But just more difficult without fans. I think the, the season yeah. 2021 would have just been so much different and more difficult without you know fans. How yeah. weird would it have been to be like, hey guys, it's our inaugural match. It's at the MLS's back tournament. Orlando, <laughs> right like yeah. it would not have been super i mean i would have been excited but it would have been it wouldn't have been the same that we're gonna get this year so no and, and i think especially fans that that weren't that into it yet it would have been difficult to kind of reel them in with, with yeah. that type of yep. tournament far away from home and far away from the own city very true yeah uh, as much as you can i know you may not can spill all the secrets but we have 18 players right now out of the 18, did you were you able to get some of the players you wanted in 2020, or did you have to pivot a little bit? You don't have to name specifics, but like, yeah. Um, I mean, Sergio and Riley, obviously, right? They came in 2020. Yeah. We had uh, our eyes on Jan for a really long time too. Uh, Christian Fuchs actually became maybe more realistic because we. 
postponed. Really? Oh, well, there you go. Well, yeah. he stayed at Leicester for, for yeah. like another season. Yeah, right. Um, I would say that obviously we did lose out on players. Sure, like sure. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, for sure. But with this, the soccer player market is so huge yeah. that there's always going to be new interesting players like yeah. that you find like we still find out about new players every month or so because there's always new guys coming up young guys older guys making comebacks you know moving to new clubs and doing well there like maybe you didn't spot a guy in Bangladesh but he moved to Australia and he's doing yeah. really well there you get to know him there so the yeah. soccer market is, is huge yeah. I heard that older guys making a comeback so <laughs> Swift you and me have a chance here buddy you got you got to you've got to move though you've got to move to another country and start over you know yeah, the, you gotta... the, the MCC 7v7 league starts back next next week so that's my comeback story right there uh, so <laughs> all right so let's talk about a little bit with the expansion draft um MLS has some very odd rules. And, uh, so what was it like? You know, we, ha we had Bobby and Nick on the, on the episode uh, for the expansion draft, and they were talking about the war room, figuring out who, who they were going to choose and everything. What was that experience like for you? Because I would imagine you've never had to go through an ex expansion draft. No. Was that bizarre to you? Or like, what, what was that experience like for you? Um, well, you got to remember, I just I just got here, yeah. So I may I probably I was in Charlotte for about ten days, wow. so yeah. everything was kind of I was just oh getting gosh. used to everything, <laughs> and then, but but what really helps is just the, the excitement and the, and the adrenaline. It just keeps you going. So yeah, I would say that we had the coach's room, and then we had Zoran's office. I wasn't in in my at my desk. I was just mostly in Zoran's office, and yeah. then walking over to the coach's office and vice versa, and just you know pitching ideas, coming up with new scenarios yeah. the whole time. And that type of stuff, it keeps you on your toes the oh. whole time. Like just, if, if, you, if you're into sports, yeah. whether it's as a fan or as someone working on, on the sporting side, it's, it's super exciting and it keeps you really sharp. So yeah. I enjoyed it. Like I yeah. didn't feel, I didn't feel stress or, or anything, oh, really, okay. to be honest. I, I just really enjoyed I it. I would have been stressing my <laughs> Oh yeah. yeah. Well, I watched, at, this is going back to 2020, like Sunderland Till I Die, right? Oh yeah, like, yeah. Like they have, yeah. A, like there's an episode during the transfer window where they're trying aggressively to get some more players, mm -hmm. try to keep them from being relegated. And um, seeing a dynamic like that, where you've had essentially like the sporting directors and the coach staff kind of like making calls back and forth and like having people on hold while they're trying to negotiate this deal and X, Y, Z, like, Said you're not stressed, man. Like, I mean, more power to you. I would have yeah. been sitting there Absolutely. drinking coffee yeah. nonstop yeah. and pulling yeah. my hair out. So. But you can compare it a little bit to those transfers. Is it lines. similar to and that? We okay. had. I mean, it's not the same because sure. it's not the same dynamic, like not the same mechanism. Sure. But we had a couple of days at PSV where we really needed a player and we waited and waited and waited until that deadline approached. And yeah. when you need to do that on the last day, it's nerve wracking. Yeah, I think absolutely. that was probably more nerve wracking than the expansion draft. Okay. And, and there's in that same episode, in, in a book that you recommend, I can remember the book that you recommended me to read it was oh, about the uh, agents. Done, done deal. Done deal, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They talk about, and there's a, there's a scene there in Sunday Until I Die where they actually had essentially, maybe it was, Maybe it was the same one, but they essentially had this player that they wanted. They agreed to terms with the player and their agent, everything like that. And they brought him in, had him sign the contracts, ready to go just right before the transfer window closed. They started doing like preliminary interviews, pictures for social media. And then the last minute, the team basically said, no, this deal doesn't work out for us. And the player and the dad had to just leave the office after signing everything and just... Yeah was like, hey, sorry, that didn't work out. Like, is that something that usually happens pretty frequently or? Yeah, you run really? into a lot of uh, special yeah. <laughs> situations. We had, I, I can't name the name, but we had a player that we were gonna bring in at PSV. I, I won't talk sure. about this, but at PSV that just decided last minute to not fly wow. to Eindhoven. Oh. And instead he was at a hotel, got, I wouldn't say he didn't get kidnapped or anything, but this other team basically stopped him at the last moment and said, no, 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 come talk to us, come talk to us. Uh, and oh, then he kind wow. of negotiated his new deal in the lobby of a hotel and decided Ooh. not to fly. We'd already booked wow. flights for him and everything. Wow. And he just did, decided not to come in the end. It's crazy, man. I That's found all that stuff super fascinating, yeah. though. Um, I could never be an agent. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> <laughs> you need to. Um, so during, during the draft, yeah, I'm, I'm sure you had to have a lot of conversations with, with Bobby Belair. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm imagining, so I found out who the first pick was at six o'clock, right? To do the pre-recording for the picket. As much as you can tell, like when did you know the, the five that you were gonna pick? Was it earlier in the day or was it some of it last minute? I think it was around 3.30 okay. more or less. Okay. Because you have to also consider the fact that 
Um, the league wants to know when did we announce the pick? Seven o'clock. Seven. Probably? Yeah, around seven. So yeah, uh, the league wanted to know around five, and maybe if you really pushed them, they would have waited a little bit longer. But gotcha. they wanted to know a couple hours in advance. And then we were negotiating with uh, obviously a couple of other teams about the tra- the picks that we were going to trade out. Right. So we had to kind of set a deadline to them too and say, look, up until this moment, you can come to us, but after that, we're going to either keep the player, make a different pick, or you know, so. Yeah. You have to really keep that into consideration. So I think we knew around 3.30 where we kind of set a deadline for ourselves. Yeah, because you get the list of players the day before, right? That's uh, eligible or is it- Two nights before. Two so nights. it was around okay. more or less 48 hours before we have to announce the picks. A little bit less, okay. like 45, 44. So you get the list, you run to the war room, you got your board, that's how I see it. You, you got your board there <laughs> and you guys, I mean, is, is it like that? You guys just start going through who you want, or did you, even before the list come out, you kind of have an idea already? We have an idea. Okay. So we made, um, I think Bobby may have already told you that we did a mock draft. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to kind of get into yeah. it, see what Austin yeah. did. And we actually had a couple of their picks as well that you got to remember, it's a different field sure. of players. So sure. we got had Kamal Miller, for instance, we would have picked him back yeah. then, right? Yeah, yeah. So, and then this year, we'd taken, I think, probably the last six months or so to decide, okay, and Bobby made a made a start with this and it was really good, to decide, okay, which 12 players would we protect if we were those teams? Ah, so interesting. Then, and then sometimes you only know 10, you're only sure about 10, sometimes you're sure about more, sometimes, you know, sometimes it's between two or three guys taking up the last one or two spots. So that's a super interesting um, thing to do and then you keep, but you keep building on that. Sometimes things yeah. just change. There were players that six months ago we would have said, for sure they're not gonna be protected, why would they? And then yeah. all of a sudden, five months later, they're just starting left back or striker. So yeah. then obviously they are gonna protect them. Yeah. So you can't just say, well, we did this six months ago, and right. we'll go by that. You have to right. keep adapting, you have to stay flexible. Yeah. So one, one of the things um, that I, I saw, I don't wanna say comments online about, but um, we've got a lot of international players and we essentially use some of that those draft picks to yeah. pick international players, right? Yeah. And I think you're gonna to allude to this later on, Swift, yeah, yeah. but um, was that like intentional or like like when you were making those picks, did you have to do some pre-work ahead of time to make sure that those teams weren't protecting those players because you knew you needed to get an international spot for some of those for some of the picks that you made? I think for us, it's a it's a constant discussion between uh, everyone on the technical side, between the domestic and the international players. Mm-hmm. We're not out to necessarily get as many international players as we can, but sure. it's just around about value. Yep. So we may have liked some of the players that were available to us, and we may have actually spoken to a couple of them. But at some point, there comes a point where other clubs approach us during the expansion draft and can say, well, we'll pay you this and this and that for that player. And there's a turning point for us where we're like, well, for that money, we'd sell sure. this one or this one or this one. And it just depends on which player they'd want. But for, like I said, for us, it's a constant discussion uh, comparing the domestic guys with the international guys. For us, it's not a, of course, it's a strategy to try and get more foreign talent. But it's not that we're blind to the domestic talent out there. We really appreciate that too. And I, I think you'll see that once the roster is done, you'll see that we'll have a good amount of MLS guys and also interesting college guys. So with the with the MLS rules, have you learned a lot of the like kind of the nuances of the of the league and like um, or do you really you don't really concern yourself with that? You let, you know, Bobby and other people do that. You're really focused on the talent. And then you bring the talent to Bobby and be like, can we actually do this? And he's like, yes, no, or how does that work? And how much are you having to learn uh, all the rules? I, I mean, I like learning it. In the yeah. beginning, of course, sometimes you're a little bit blown away by it because it's so <laughs> yeah. much different and there's so yeah. many more restrictions. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but on yeah. the other hand, it's not like, of course, the budget you had at PSV was, was big and there, you know, there's right. more opportunities there to get whichever player you want because there's no foreign player restrictions, for instance. Right. But you have your restrictions there too. You know, it's, you can't just go out and buy three different 10 million sure. euro players yeah, yeah. every season. So yeah, you yeah. always you always have yeah. financial restrictions. So that's yeah. that's important to know. Um, and then the other part of it is, of course, you you have to and you want you trust Bobby to do his work really well and he yeah. does that really well. But on the other hand, I also want to know because sometimes I don't want to have to go to Bobby every single time right, before right, right. we've even made a decision on something. So I yeah, just yeah. sometimes it's good for us to discuss things knowing maybe 80%, 90% of the rules. And then for that final phase, go to Bobby and say, hey, how between right. these two guys, what would fit best within our salary cap? What what, what yeah. are the advantages of taking this guy over this guy, et cetera, et cetera. So I, I wouldn't say it wouldn't make a lot of sense for us to go to Bobby about every player, but sure. he's a big, big help, that's for sure. Um, there was a, a, I saw a tweet 
from Andrew Wiebe. He's the host from Extra Time MLS, their podcast. Uh, he said that uh, Charlotte FC will need to be really good at the green card process. I tweeted back from our account saying, don't worry, we have Bobby. <laughs> but, no pressure. Yeah, exactly. No pressure, Bobby. Um, but I, I will say this, I, and I don't know if you can if, if you can answer this. So it seems like we have a lot of wiggle room for DPs. Like we're trying to get a lot, a lot of that in. Is it to maybe safeguard if we don't get some green cards processed? I would say that, and this is a constant conversation we're having as well, yeah. it's very much about flexibility. So right. with international spots slash green cards, with yeah. budget, with DP spots, yeah. we still have a lot of wiggle room to go in multiple directions. So okay. if, certain, yeah. if we don't land certain green cards, yes, yeah. we still have that flexibility to get in the guys that we still want to get in. Yeah. If not, there's still possibilities further down into the season to also adapt. Yeah. And maybe yeah. you know, when it comes to DPs, we're yeah. going to try and be as strong as we possibly can. But the right. reality of it is that there's more advantageous moments to get certain players than January in the middle of European seasons. So that's, it plays a part. Well, and you just mentioned it, so I'll, I'll kind of lay it out there a little bit. You mentioned DPs, right? And so uh, some of the chatter on the forums and Reddit and so on and so forth, they're like, well, where's our DP signings? Like, where's, where's mm -hmm. the big name players yeah. we're going to have? But you're kind of alluding to, I think it's okay that we don't have them right this second because they could be in the middle of like their seasons at other teams, right? And potential buyer's market, seller's market can go up and down during that time frame. Is it okay that we don't have that? DP signed or like what? I mean, we're working on it. We still want to have them in, and especially given that preseason starts in about two weeks, you know, we, we want to have them in. We want to have a couple of them in at least. Yeah. But like I said, there's this flexibility that, and you also have to consider the fact that what we're working on now is theory. So everything we're doing, none of those players have ever been together, except for Brand, Adam, and, and Christian, none sure. of those players have ever been together on the pitch, right? So there's I think there's an advantage to kind of figuring out what it is exactly our team looks like on the pitch and then making a few more decisions in the summer so and that this is about a couple of players this is not about the core the core will be yeah. here most yeah. of the DPs under 22 players TAM players they're all going to be here but you want to remain a little bit flexible well and I think that helps set us up for success long term because we're not pulling the trigger on big name DPs that may not in theory work out because they never played the pitch with that core. Um, and then come summertime, come late spring, early summer, late summer, we have that flexibility to bring somebody else in per se to help support the team within that time frame, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I like that you use the word long-term because at the end of the day, we want to build something sustainable, you know? Yep. I think for every uh, expansion team coming out the door, it's tough. Like mm -hmm. even, I think if I remember correctly, even Atlanta lost most of their games in the mm -hmm. first seven, eight outings, if, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. yeah. So it's just difficult because you're the only team that's bringing together a group of players that has no cohesion at all yet, you know? And of course, yeah. we're going to create that in preseason, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's not so easy. Even even if you have the most unbelievable players, it'll be very difficult. Right yeah, you got to learn the system, the coach, all, sure. the, all that stuff. That's, that's very, very tough. Um, let's talk about, you know, discuss the expansion draft. Let's talk about some of the players we signed after the expansion draft right uh four players right goalkeeper two midfielders and a defender um so let's start with uh like alan franco um was that someone that you guys had targeted for a while or that just kind of pop up all of a sudden or we were working on him for a while um i think he really solidifies our midfield he can play the six and the eight just like a couple of guys that we have already but i think it was really important to you have to consider also the fact that once Miguel came in, I wouldn't say he, he helps us with the direction because it's mm. in the end of the, at the end of the day, it's up to the coach to say, well, these are my positional needs. Yeah. And then, of course, these are the profiles that fit with those positions. Right. And then it's up to us to say, well, Miguel, these are the guys that we have. And if maybe those first five aren't all as exactly what you hope for or maybe not available, yeah. there's more. But you always have yeah. to narrow it down to five or six mm. guys per position, per profile. So, yeah, that's you know, Finding yeah. out that Alan Franco, that that type of player was still needed, that was really important. And I think we figured that out about three months ago, four months ago, more okay. or less, when we started okay. thinking about him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's interesting. I, I, I didn't really think about that. Like, you were here before the coach was here. Yeah. You guys have kind of a direction that you're going in and scouting players. And then the coach comes in, like, 
I like this guy. Like it might be a little different. So there's kind of that, that fun dynamic too. Um, let's move to uh, uh, Yordi Reyna. Did I say that right, Yordi? From, uh, from I like D- how you looked at me for a second there. You're like, wait a second. <laughs> uh, from, from DC United. Um, he's from Peru, right? Uh, yeah. Um, again, somebody that you guys identified or or just kind of come up? Yeah, I mean, he was in a way, we knew that he was going to likely be protected, but in a way, for us, the expansion draft uh-huh. and free agency was one, it was one thing for us. So yeah. figuring yeah. out who we were going to get during the expansion draft and who we weren't going to get and then who we were going to trade away had implications of who we were going to pick up in free agency. So for us to yeah. get certain money to be able to buy international spots, mm-hmm. for instance, made it a normal or a good scenario for us to go and get Jordi Reyna, who is also yeah. an international player. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. If, I don't know if I explained myself correctly, yeah. but it just we knew yeah. that getting the funds in that we need that we got for Tajuri Shradi mm-hmm. and Blackman would yeah. allow us to do more, and then we picked up uh, Jordi yeah. Reyna free agents. What, 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 what do you like about him as a, as a player? Um, I mean, he's super technical. He's uh, he's a good dribbler. He's good, pretty good in tight spaces, but he can also play in bi- in bigger spaces as well. I like his versatility up front. Um, he's gotten some decent numbers as well in terms of goals and assists. So I think in that sense, he's a proven MLS player. He's a proven yeah. MLS attacker. Uh, and for us to be able to pick him up as a free agent was a, a good all-round deal. Yeah. Let's move to the next one. I'm going to butcher this name because I cannot <laughs> ever... Get it right, uh, Christian, Christian, Christian Jen, Kalina, right? The goalkeeper. You say Christian. There we go. Oh. Yeah, Christian. I would. Say, I would just say Christian. And we never, never get his name right. Way too much. <laughs> uh, so he's uh, our second signed goalkeeper. Um, what do you What do you like about What do you like about him? I mean, we had a great process with the um, with the goalkeeper. I would say that we had a number of goalkeepers lined up before Miguel uh, got here. Yeah. That you would think, okay, maybe ninety five percent of coaches would have been okay with any of those top three guys that we would have signed, right? Yeah. But then when Miguel came in, we started to we knew, of course, going through all the conversations with him in advance, that the goalkeeper was super important to him. Like he has to be really good with his feet, really good to be, you know, in, in being able to build out from the back. So we had to look more specifically at that. We had to kind of pivot a little bit and, and put some more, st- stress that a little bit more, that yeah. side of it. So we made a new surge, I would say. Um, and that still involves some of the candidates we were looking at earlier, but it definitely got us some new okay. names. And I think Christian was uh, part of this new batch of names that we came up with in September, October. Okay. Um, yeah. And of course we got Andy Q on as well uh, as the goalkeeper coach. So he helped us with some scouting in that area as well, which, which we greatly appreciated. But I think, uh, you know, Kalina is just one of the guys that we were most excited about as a group, both Soren and I scouting team, Miguel and Andy. So with this specific position, I think all of us just needed to find the guy that we were all very eager to work with and eager to sign. And I think Kalina is that one. Very cool. Um, all right. So let's move to the last one. Harrison awful, uh, from Columbus crew. Um, defender, definitely a veteran. Yeah. What a what a like. What do you like about Harrison? Well, I think he helps us in a lot of ways. Um, right back is it wasn't a super easy position. I think in terms of quality to fill in, in MLS, there were guys out there that that we also like that maybe you consider trading for. But you know, at the end of the day, the 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 prices in MLS have just gone up. If you only compare Kamal Miller, who was signed last year for I think. 220,000 in GAM in allocation mm-hmm. money and you compare it to Al- Alistair yeah. Johnston yeah. who went for a million yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. a year later yeah. it's two different positions but it's yeah. two defenders yeah. Yeah. that's a big big difference in one year time so I think the prices in the domestic market have gone up uh, clubs are valuing what they have a lot more especially during pandemic with some issues sometimes bringing in international players especially last year I think clubs are valuing what they have more um, and Harrison, you know, being a free agent made it super interesting. We felt that we needed some MLS experience at the back as well, uh, because we have a lot of you know veteran presence with Christian Fuchs, but sure. he hasn't played in MLS yet. Right. So with Harrison, we add that just like with Joseph Mora uh, on the other side, yeah. uh, and Anton Walks. So yeah. I would say now we have a pretty good core of yeah. veteran. You know, Anton Walks has been around long enough, so pretty veteran MLS players. I just like that now we have two puns in the back line. There we've got Christian Fuchs and then. 
comparison awful. So yeah, yeah. there you go. Food can awful. So it's great. So. <laughs> All right. so why don't we take a break here and uh, replenish our beverages and then we'll come back. I definitely want to talk about the super draft and some other other things when we get back. Cool. 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 Hey guys. Hey David. Hi. Long time no see. Yeah. So uh, does that are, music mean it's a commercial? I think it means that we're getting paid zero dollars for this ad read again. Yeah. But, uh, we need to get paid more than zero dollars yeah. for. Well, you know. That's our New Year's resolution: is to like not get paid zero dollars. I think that's a great yeah. New Year's resolution: is that we should probably we actually, get some. We actually need to try to get ads. <laughs> That's what we should try to do. Well, hey, at least we got the music already picked out. So. That's right. That's but yes, that, that whimsical, lovely music that Corey has picked out for these ads has definitely helped out. But we are back here at the very lively, bumping. It um, is packed salute. in here tonight. Yeah. They heard we were coming, so of they, course they, they, they had to pack out. It is Sunday in the afternoon, and they're like, the Mint City podcast is going to be at Salute. There's no Panthers until later, so what else are they going to do? They're going to come listen to us talk about stuff. I mean, I would be tempted to listen to us more than watch the Panthers right now anyways, too. So <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> but um, we just want to say thanks again, uh, Salute, for being such amazing guests. But um, we're going to do a quick plug. So, Matt, I'll hand it over to you. Like, What, what are you drinking today? I have the uh, Dale Patio. Uh, it's got, like, lemon lime. Con limon. Oh, what hell? Say it again. Con limon. Oh, I like that. That's good. <laughs> yeah, I, I would not say that. I just said lime. So <laughs> very nice. Yeah. It's a. Uh, it's it, this would be a really, really, really good summer beer. Yeah, yeah. I think we need to have that at some of our tailgates, probably. So I need to yeah. reach out to Jason to see what we can get to do for uh, summertime. It's a really good beer. I had the same thing. It's a. Uh, it's like a, a light lager with lime. Four percent limon. Yeah. Good. Yeah, it's a good, good crushable beer. Yeah, be great in the supporter section. So Nick Kelly, if you're listening, well, I know you're listening. You should uh, get this into the stadium. So, uh, Corey, any idea what you have today? I have no idea what it's called. I'll be honest with you. It was a it, it was a little while ago, and it was a long name. It's cut off on the menu, so I'm making two. It is. What is wow. it? It's a blonde ale with some uh, coffee flavoring in it, which I really like that mix of the blonde and the coffee. So it's a nice, nice little wintery beer, even though it feels. I'm wearing shorts and a t-shirt right now, so winter does not really feel like what it is right now. But yeah. still a nice little mix of that coffee and, and blonde flavoring. So it's very delicious. Yeah. Well, if you haven't checked out Salud, uh, up downstairs they've got a bottle shop. Upstairs, uh, you got the sir. I can't. I can't even say it. So Corey, you may have to help me out here. Uh, what's the upstairs called? Cerveceria. Cerveceria. There you go. Thank yeah. you. I, I struggled. I had I a brain you. fart for a second. You. Thank you. <laughs> so I, I, I got the, the death look of Swift across here and, and I knew I was going to mess it up. So um, but downstairs you have the bottle shop. Um, upstairs you've got like the coffee shop. Uh, they've got the, the brewery up here for it too. Really good pizza. Really good pizza. Really good pizza. Um, they got some vegan options for pizza too. So I know Thomas has been on our show today and he mentioned earlier. So definitely come over here and check it out. And, um, try it out so but um we look forward to future time and future episodes here at salute let's uh cue the music again here comes the whimsical sounds welcome back everybody we don't have the fun whimsical music anymore so ad time is done um so thanks again (laughs) salute um but what Matt, I'm going to hand it back to you to kind of kick us back off with Thomas around the Super Draft. Yeah, so let's talk about the Super Draft. Um, again, is this a new experience for you? Yes. Yeah. For sure. Um, fun experience? Odd experience? Like, what's, what's it been like? Um, I mean, it was a great experience. We, about a week after I got here, we had the Combine. Mm-hmm. So that was a couple of days leading up to the expansion draft. We had the Combine as well that same yeah. weekend. So we went out. I mean, we talk about breaking records with this club. We went out there with about 13 people uh, representing Charlotte FC because wow. our entire <laughs> coaching staff went and scouting and Nick yeah. was there, Mark Nichols was there, and Bobby yeah, Belair yeah. was there. So uh, we went with a huge group, That's which awesome. was good because like you said, it was not only new for me, it was new for most people there. So it was True. really good for everyone to see. Um, really enjoyable. Uh, a little bit peculiar that the event was during the MLS Cup final, but uh, other than that, uh, you know, but other than that, it was it was really good. Um, and I think what's really important is that you don't only put emphasis on the combine. Like we've been doing a lot of work before that, watching a lot of games, yeah. both live and on video before that. Yeah. So players can come into the combine, they can, you know, 
picked up a little knock. They can maybe, they're not as comfortable with all these new players around them or the new surroundings. Some of the players came in a little bit later with mm. flights, etc. So you have to yeah, consider yeah. a lot of things when watching all of these players in a new, in a whole new environment. Uh -huh. um, so I think that's, that's an important part to, to consider as well. Did Bobby and Nick make you only look at players from Clemson and Marshall? They tried, but uh, that doesn't work on me. No. You have no allegiance. No, no I, that's a good thing coming from abroad. No allegiance. So for people that may not know, we have the number one pick, right? A new team. Um, but that doesn't mean that we can't make some moves, maybe trade around. Uh, is that a possibility or can't really say right now? Or uh, Again, I think flexibility is key um, yeah. and everything has its price. At the moment, it's not really something on our minds, but you know, you never know what, what can happen. Uh, at the moment, we're just focusing on, on getting our pick and getting our pick right. Is there a certain position that you have in mind or it will depend a little bit on positional needs but on the other hand i think most of the college picks are picks for the long term right yep. right so right. you're not yep. usually looking at a player you know even miles robinson and took him maybe Last, yeah. two years even to yeah. get into the team I'm not sure maybe one year yeah. so even those type of picks it takes a while before they come in sure. into the first team and he's a u.s men's national team player now so you yeah. can only imagine the quality that that he has right well, I think you made a good point there, having that flexibility, because that way you're not going into it trying to draft a need. Yeah. You're, yeah, you're yeah, trying to right. draft the best right, player, right. build that future long-term player, versus making that number one pick and crossing your fingers that hope this player really comes out and plays every match and produces right. a lot of goals or whatever you're looking for, right? I think, so I think everything that this player contributes year one in terms of considerable minutes is a big bonus. Yeah. Right. I'm not saying it can't happen, but we shouldn't count on it. I think we should get our positional and qualitative needs uh, from other areas, sure. international, domestic, draft, expansion draft, and then get this person in, this player in for the future. Yeah. Um, so we'll have the super draft. Uh, can we expect any other signings in the next couple weeks or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, uh, like I said, we're still. Yeah, no, I mean, we, we, <laughs> I no. My answer today could be different in two days. Correct, sure, right, but, yeah, but, right. Yeah, but for sure, I mean, we're working hard on bringing more players. Eighteen is is not enough. We want as many yeah, guys in yeah. at the beginning of preseason as we can. Yeah. On the other hand, there's a balance to be found between getting players in quickly and getting in the right players. At the end of the day, we want yeah. quality players. And that's really why I was asking. So we, we have 18 now. You can have up to 30, I believe, yeah. is the roster. So roster slots 1 through 20 are kind of considered your senior team. But 21, I think, through 30 is considered like supplemental players. It could be homegrown, yeah. draft. So you have 20 senior roster, then yeah. uh, four supplemental roster okay, players. Yeah, okay. And then after that come the reserve rosters and some of the homegrown uh, players that you mentioned as well. Gotcha. Um, so let's let's talk about our roster a little bit and maybe some of the, the needs where, you know, we're talking about DPs earlier and maybe like, hey, what are, who are we going to sign? <laughs> um, so we have eight defenders, two goalkeepers, five midfielders, three forwards. You know, at the beginning, I think we signed three midfielders back to back to back. Then it seemed like we went kind of heavy with defenders. Was that by design or just players coming up and you grabbed them then? Um, it was a little bit of both. I mean, obviously you have to look at which of the players that you like are actually eligible to come at that moment in time and you right. actually feel you're able to get them. But we did want to be very thorough and build through the spine from the get-go. That was always our, our intention. Um, so having the right central defenders, goalkeeper, fullbacks, and then especially good number sixes and number eights in midfield was really important to us. Very nice. Do you expect with like you said preseason coming up here pretty soon? Obviously, you said what twenty players? So we have right now Eight, eighteen. Or eighteen. Right now. Sorry, oh, yeah. eighteen. Um, obviously, we, that's that's enough to fill a team, but we want to get a little bit more here. Do you expect to see a little bit more like experimenting with like formations and roster spots and where the players are going to fit into the pitch during that preseason from MAR? I know you probably can't speak 100% to it, but do you expect to see some experimenting with where players are going to play? Um, I mean, look, I'm not going to sit on Miguel's sure. seat at all, <laughs> but I mean, he's, he's going to be implementing his game model uh, during preseason. And he, of course, he might find out certain positions suit certain players better in his game model than he initially thought. I think that's that's every coach's journey with a new team. 
But I mean, I have no idea where that's going to go at this point. You know, I think that's all completely up to the coach. Yeah, kind of speaking of that, and and you know, expansion teams. I know part of scouting is looking at individual players, but have you guys looked at, or you specifically, have you looked at other expansion teams, how they did the first two seasons, and think about the style of play and the style of players? Does that kind of formulate into what you're doing? Yeah, no, we did. And, and of course, you try to learn from them, both the good and the bad. Um, so we, we looked at that a lot. Um, looked a lot at Austin last year. Um, obviously, wasn't so easy for them. They went a lot of games on the road. And I think initially, what they did kind of worked their game model i think some teams i mean they struggled to score a little bit but teams still found it difficult to to play against them um and then it kind of maybe died down at some point and then of course i mean it was a difficult season for for them at the end of the day maybe they were lacking a little bit up front for instance so that's something that we definitely want to learn from yeah um so we got our forwards we have mckenzie Gaines, uh and then we have you know jordy reyna uh, and then we have Mello, right? Yeah. Um, so probably some DP spots could be some forwards. We, we're a little light there. Um, and Yordi is going to be potentially internationally yeah. playing over the next few weeks instead of preseason. I saw, I believe, online. If that's the same, maybe not. But I'll have to double check and see. Yeah, there's, there's a couple of, week, couple of friendlies coming that's up what, yeah. and then the official. Uh, international games. So it would depend if he gets selected for the official international games. Okay. Yeah, cool. okay. So, do you have, David, do you have any other questions about the um, Super Draft or anything like that? I don't. I have, I have some questions for you, Thomas, around Charlotte. Yeah. So, um, would love to know, like, what's been your most favorite thing here since you've been coming to the States? Ooh. So, um, Besides meeting us, of course. Okay. Yeah, right. of course. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, no, I mean, for us, I think a big part of why we feel comfortable living in a certain place is that you know you can go to nice restaurants and have good food and when i say nice i don't mean anything fancy but my wife and i are both vegan uh and we have a two-year-old so this makes it kind of specific where you go out to eat you mostly go out for lunch as you can imagine not too many late night dinners sure um but we found a couple of really good spots already um i'm not gonna mention them i'm not gonna you know but uh stuff a couple of really nice spots that we feel really comfortable great food uh we went to camp north end uh the other day a couple of we like that there. There's a lot of entertainment for the little one. Lots of stuff to climb on. <laughs> so, uh, and we just, we like hanging out in, in our neighborhood as well. We're, we're close to South End now and, and looking to move somewhere uh, in the upcoming weeks. So that's mainly what we've been doing. What's been your biggest change though? So like, I know that's been some of the fun things here, right? But what's been the, the toughest change coming here to the States? Uh, the, the the lack of proximity of things. Yep. I mean, having to drive uh, everywhere. <laughs> yeah, it's. It, I mean, it makes sense. It's a big country, but yeah. living in the city center of Amsterdam, uh, you have everything around. Like everything, there's five supermarkets in a five minute walk. There's you know your baker, your bakeries around the corner, two three coffee shops, and here, and that's fine. Like again, this is a different country. Sure, but yeah. you just have to go well, do a little bit more to get somewhere, right? And not having a car yet so far, yeah. public transportation is, is decent to get to some places and not so decent to get to other places. And then throw a two-year-old into the mix. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> and chairs that you have to carry. And, yeah. Have you guys been to Amsterdam? Or David? No. Yeah. So I, I yeah. Oh. Did you about get get hit by a bike five times? Because I about got hit by a bike five times. No, I was on the bike about getting hit by other things or <laughs> hitting other things. Yeah, so. we get we get there the first night and I'm I'm walking in the bike lane, which is a big big no no. People yeah. are yelling at me. Yeah, so I, I quickly learned, but it's uh, it's yeah, it's not like here. In, I mean, everybody has scooters around. They just drive scooters around. But uh, what I like about Amsterdam, like you get on a bike and you can just go pretty yeah. much anywhere. It's just. No, we, we, we're with our bikes like Americas are with their cars. Yeah, like you, oh. you, you own the road on yeah. your bike. Oh, yeah, oh yeah, no, like trust me. Yeah, we don't yeah, jump yeah, around. Yeah, with that. no. Yeah. Do you at least have a bike here though? Because you can probably we, get around pretty well. Yeah, we ordered one, so we're waiting okay. on it. So okay. we ordered the big one so that our uh, little one can sit in the front. Oh, there nice. you um, yeah. But I mean, I've found people to be incredibly nice, like here, awesome. incredibly friendly and welcoming. Traffic sometimes it's, it's a little bit different. Sometimes <laughs> I realize that when, when people get in their cars, they turn into a different beast. Oh, yeah. Sometimes there's a, a, not a lot of patience. Like yeah, a lot I'm of a little guilty of that. On. Sorry, Thomas. <laughs> no worries, no worries. Um, so growing up, who was who's your was your was it Ajax that was your favorite team or did you who's your who's your favorite I team? am not at liberty. Can I turn this off? <laughs> <laughs> 
No, actually, I, I was I was a, a, a fan of uh, IX when I was younger. Okay. And then, of course, like I said, I mean that that dies down as sure. soon as you start working for a club. Yeah. PSV yeah. is an amazing club, like yeah. really, really, really good club with good people. Uh, and of course, you want everywhere where you work, you want that place to be successful. Of so course, it's more yeah. of a youth thing. And I'm sitting across from a bunch of fans, so but. <laughs> You you let that go completely at some point. When you yeah, work yeah. in the industry for so long, it doesn't really play a role in your life anymore in that sense. Yeah. I mean, we have our all, like, you know, we have our secondary teams, like, yeah. I like Arsenal, but, like, you know, Charlotte FC is going to be the main club. But, yeah, yeah. I, I, I kind of assumed it was IX, yeah. you know, being from there. But. Do you ever yeah. miss that, though, like being able to watch as a fan? Because you're oh, just yeah. watching yeah. so analytically all the time, and it's your job. So, yeah. like, do you miss sometimes just being able to, like, that's a good point it's it's yeah it's a fair question i I do miss it sometimes just sometimes when maybe you're sitting with your friends or family and just watching a game right and then it's difficult to let go of well i know this player and (laughs) i want to keep my eye on this player (laughs) instead of just enjoying the game and enjoying the scoreline and however you know whichever way it goes so it's a good point let me ask you a scouting question so you're 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 watching a game you're going to watch a player how much it is, is it like looking at the actual hard stats and just getting a feel for a player, like how they play and how they move? Is it 50-50 or are you more of like analytics, hard numbers, no, percentages? No, I'm, I'm more, I think the, the human eye is more important. Okay. And I think the data supports your process. Yeah. yeah. For me, I would not pull up data until either at the, at the front end, so to kind of filter down a big group of players, maybe a couple of leagues that you don't know as well, or filter down a couple of candidates for certain specific positions. Or on the back end, when you have your favorite five candidates and say you want to compare those guys with each other and and just go piece by piece through all the pros and cons of each player. I would never use it and say like, have my laptop next to me watching a game and say, well, my eye says this, but the data yeah. doesn't say that. Well, you know, I would use it later. Have you seen the mon- the movie Moneyball? Yeah, that's yeah. I was gonna say because like that's that, that's the yeah. whole obviously that mo- that's a movie and it's portrayed differently. But that was the big thing is that in baseball you had for years old school scouts that were just like, oh, that's they. I know from my eye. I know what I see a baseball player like. That's that's a good swing just by my eye. Yeah, yeah he's a good like, looking guy. Good looking yeah, guy, yeah, right? Yeah. And yeah. so. Um, but now you kind of see this analytics come in and baseball is much, much more statistics and chance and percentages than really anything else out there. But like, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting that you have to balance both with soccer because it, there's another book and I forgot the name in English, but in, in translating it from Dutch, it's called uh, expensive strikers don't score. Hmm. And it's a really, it's, uh, it's uh, by Simon Cooper. I think it's a really well-known book too. And um, basically talks about one of the chapters is about how, um, blonde, white blonde strikers always seem to catch the eye of a lot of scouts, like yeah. really blonde guys, and they always there's just a huge chance yeah. that scouts will come back with a relatively positive report on that player. Interesting. So Fernando, Fernando Torres was blonde forward. Yeah. yeah. So I need to go. He was home. actually pretty good though. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> good. Yeah. It kind of faded off at the end, but yeah, it was, it was pretty good. So yeah. I'm gonna go home and dye my hair blonde. Yeah, you should. I'll let Laura know. And get, yeah. the, get the frosted tips. Wait a minute, didn't you? You had frosted tips. I did frosted tips. tips. That's, yeah, right. So That's right. That was only about, you know, 25 years ago, but it's fine. So, um, so let me ask you about your 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 staff and your team. Um, you you have scouts underneath you. Um, do they target certain areas of the, of the globe? Like they just specifically target, you know, one country or how does that work? So initially we set it out um in a certain way but then due to covid i would say everything became a little bit more about general knowledge okay and it's also because because of the way i work so we have davor brasanac mm-hmm. who is a, lives in belgrade he is primarily responsible for eastern europe okay but he knows all of our biggest uh targets so he'll know all the guys that we really love in south america or in western mm-hmm. europe or in asia everywhere yeah. because i think it's just really important that we can all talk about those guys as a group Yep. Then we have Vincent van Ram, who's in the Netherlands. He'll stay there for the time being. We, we have some plans with him, but it all depends a little bit on how COVID progresses okay. and whether it's going to be easy to move around. Uh, Lissandro Isai is our uh, head of technical scouting. Mm-hmm. He's moving, hopefully in January, okay. to Charlotte as well. Nice. So he and wow. I will be the only scouts here. Right. And then we have Ryan Johnson, who's on the West Coast. He's in Portland, Oregon. 
Okay. So that's yeah, my yeah, team, yeah. and he'll he'll stay yeah. there. I think yeah. it was a really good idea to split up the country sure. at least into yeah. two sides. It's big enough yeah. in that sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and for instance, Vincent is really into South American football as well. So I okay. think there's some of his expertise lies there oh. too. Right. Do you guys meet daily, weekly? Week, How does it? Weekly. We have. Um, I mean, if you think about the amount of games that we're watching, there's no way you can go over all those players in a couple of hours. So we meet yeah. for about five, six hours a week, okay. split into a couple of days, yeah. and then go over all the players that we like. Um, then I make the schedule for next week, whether it's live or on video, and then we keep going through that process. So every, let's say we discuss about 60 games every week with multiple players. I won't ask the scouts to discuss every single player. If they're not good, there's no, they're not gonna be worth discussing. But you can imagine that out of every meeting, there's gonna be tons of new names rolling out every week and then we'll keep going with that as the process goes. So um, there'll be weeks where maybe there's not as many new names and there'll be weeks where you're like, okay, this is a really good thorough list to keep building on. Yeah. So after, after the super draft is done, do you get a little bit of a break or? <laughs> My eyes lit up. Yeah. No, 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 actually I'm, uh, no, no, I'm, f I'm full of energy. I think yeah. um, it's not so much the super draft. It's more once we really feel comfortable with the amount of guys we have in preseason. So as I said, we'll have some flexibility going into the summer, but of course the majority of players need to be here uh, in time for a big part of the preseason and time for, for the start at, uh, at the end of February. So as soon as we have that, uh, or as soon as maybe our season starts after game one, games one and two, I might take a little break. Oh, yeah. But before that, you know, I'm, uh, we'll, we'll be working hard at this. That's when, that's when Thomas can come hang out with us in the supporters section that's after right. after game two or three, and yeah, come, come <laughs> hang out. So. Oh yeah, are you uh, are you gonna are you gonna go to like the DC United game the first game? Or I think I'm, I haven't really thought about it that much. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think I might. But well, we're know, going, just, so yeah. <laughs> you know, we will just all carpool up together. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Are you guys all going? Oh, yeah. 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 Good. We'll be there. And then, Corey, are you going to come? Yeah, planning to. Yes. Trying to decide if the wife's going to be able to join me. Yeah. With two kids, makes those decisions harder. But yeah. I'll definitely cool. be there. Is it easy for uh, MLS fans to travel to away games? I mean, this, sure. aside from the distances, but yeah. is it yeah. easy to do? It's, um, I so, so. I, I think so. I mean, the, the nice thing is, um, like, we with Mint City Collective, we actually have, like, you know, the, the packages set up for fans to do. So there's really no work for a supporter or a fan to do like they order it through us we'll get a block of tickets we're all in the same section together okay. um, some of us are carpooling some people are flying some people are taking a train um, I wish the train was a little bit faster because I would totally yeah. do that but, be fun. Um, yeah. but yeah it's, it's not bad I think be interested to see the number of people that show up for DC United for that game because I, I think we have a decent amount of fans that are interested but yeah. um, it's gonna be hard I think because you have DC United first and we have our first home game against LA Galaxy, yeah. and then we play away at Atlanta right after that. So it's gonna be a hard sell to, for my wife to be like, "Hey, <laughs> three weekends in a row, I'm gonna be gone all weekends." <laughs> but yeah. we'll see. So, so for you, are there any specific games that you want to travel to? That you know, maybe like Miami or LA. Is there any games that you thought about? Maybe like, oh, it'd be nice to. No, I'd like yeah. to go to the Atlanta game. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I think. I mean, that's oh, going to yeah. be a big part oh. of our club culture as well—the yeah. rivalry with them. So I look forward to that. Other than that, you know, it depends. Maybe go to New York or you know, I'd, I'd like to go to the away games against the, the really good teams. Yeah, I think I'd like to see us against those teams for sure. So not Cincinnati is what he's saying. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's definitely a couple of away games that I've kind of pegged that I'd like to like to go to. Some cities I haven't actually been to yet. So. Yeah. yeah. Miami will be on my list. Miami. Uh, I would like to go to see. I've been to Miami before, but I'd like to see that stadium. I think it'd be a fun trip. Yeah. Um, well, you mean Fort Lauderdale. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, what is another one? The L.A. one would be pretty pretty nice. That's a that's a long trip, but yeah, that'd be pretty fun. Seattle will be fun. Yeah. That's on my bucket list to do that. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Same. What about you, Corey? Is there any specific games that you are away games that you're no i mean y'all mentioned the ones i was thinking of. i mean atlanta obviously would be a lot of fun yeah. um and then i think i think about cities or stadium cultures that i'd want to see and so right. that puts like portland seattle on that list yep. just to go experience yep. what they're doing up there so those are probably my top three that i'd want to go I'm, and, and obviously dc just because it's the it's the first game so yeah i want to be there for the first game 
All right. Other than soccer stuff, is there any <laughs> state cities that you want to travel to or, or do? Uh, yeah, I, I'd like to go to Portland. Heard a lot of good things about that. Yeah. Yes. Um, so I'd love to go there. Um, my wife is actually, before we moved here, my wife has ne had never been to the U.S. at all. Okay. So anything is going to be new for her. I've yeah. been to New York a couple of times, been okay. to Miami a couple of times, so okay. I've seen uh, a couple of places. But I'd love to take her to New York yeah. you know, once, yeah. we, once we get there. It uh, would be good. Uh, but I mean, there's so much to see in this country. So I, this is why I told her like, yeah, yeah, yeah. we don't have to go back to Europe <laughs> for vacation for a while. There's a lot to discover here. Yeah. You know? That's what I, I like to go to Europe for vacation. It's funny, like, yeah. But there's so much of the US I still haven't seen either, but. Take uh, it, you take it for granted sometimes. Yeah, it's very like, true. I mean, I, I, true. Europe's on my bucket list to go, go see and go travel and do, but yeah. I've also, there's so many states, so many things I haven't seen in the United States. You gotta go see Old Ham play. You gotta see Old Ham play, <laughs> full, full Ham, you know, all that fun jazz. So, <laughs> see Ajax play as well. So, it's fine. <laughs> nice. Uh, well, I, that's all the questions that I have. Do you guys have anything else? Or? We're good. I mean, Thomas, I think uh, it's been a fun episode. Yeah. It's been great. Thanks again to Salud for hosting us here. Uh, so, you can tell it's a little bit more lively here. Seems like it always does that, right? Towards yeah. the end yep. of the, each episode we do. Oh, here, yeah. But, um, but it's been great, Thomas. Thanks again for you know gifting us your time to hang out with us and learn more about you and what you do at the club. And we really look forward to it's less than sixty days away. Uh, look yeah. forward to kick off and up. being able to see all the work you put in come to fruition. So, yeah, thanks for having me, yeah, guys. Absolutely. It's uh, it's been a pleasure. Really nice to meet all of you. Yeah.